Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 14 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. We've talked about and prayed against Leviathan and the spirit of Antichrist. In actuality, they're really the same beast. In the Old Testament, it was called Leviathan. In the New Testament, it's called the spirit of Antichrist. And in the last couple of days, we've talked about and prayed against some of the key tactics that it uses. Today, we continue that trend as we talk about and pray against the silencing of the saints. While New Testament Christianity does not in any way condone violence or even argumentativeness, if there's one thing we can learn from the martyrs whose blood watered the seed of the early church is that when the saints speak, the church grows, but when it's silent, wickedness prevails. Jesus spoke some pretty remarkable words that you rarely hear preached in a Sunday morning sermon. He said, if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. Why does Jesus take such a bold stance against those who would be silent? Because our testimony is the breath that the gospel spreads on, which overcomes the enemy. The Bible says that the devil is overcome by the blood of Jesus. That is what he has already done. And the word of our testimony which spreads the truth about what has been done, not only in Christ's life, but what the power of that blood has done in our life, that our spoken word proves the validity of God's written word. When we give that testimony of what the blood of Jesus has done in our lives, it makes the story real to someone who is just looking at words on paper. When they can see the transformative overcoming power of what is written, manifested in our lives, it becomes alive and their faith is stirred. And as we know, no man can be saved without faith. Therefore, do we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and because we love not our lives unto the death because there is nothing that the devil fights more than testimony. Both the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the testimony of what believing it did for you. This is a very strong tactic of the Antichrist spirit throughout scripture to silence the saints and thereby disarm them because the word of God is the sword of God that eventually cuts down the enemies of God because the devil is a liar. He was a liar from the beginning and he is the father of it and nothing defeats a lie but the truth. And when no man will speak the truth, the lie prevails. But when the truth is both spoken and demonstrated, the lie fails and the enemy is overcome. This spirit and those that work through it move in great intimidation. Paul said to the church of Galatia, who has bewitched you as though a spell had been cast upon them because he saw no other explanation about why they would be deviating from the truth of God. This spirit works through great manipulation, deception, intimidation. It actually moves in a form of witchcraft 
which biblically witchcraft is control. It is manipulation. It is any form of deception or by causing people to become dependent upon a person or system that can then control them. In Daniel 28:25, it says that the Antichrist will cause craft to be increased. And therefore, the spirit of Antichrist does the same. And this is just a shortened version of the word witchcraft. The original word there translates to deceit or deception. It is a form of control through manipulation. And the silencing of the saints definitely falls into this category. Christians are silenced all over the world by violence, by intimidation, by social pressures, by biblical illiteracy by busyness and distraction, by false doctrine that causes callousness or complacency. He has many tactics, but all of them are a form of control through deception and manipulation. And the thing that will break the deception is the word. When the devil came against Christ, tempting him in the wilderness, trying to twist scripture and bring confusion and deception, Jesus silenced him immediately with the word of God saying, it is written. In effect, he was letting him know, I will not be deceived, you father of lies, because I already know the truth. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved, that you may be able to give an answer. And many times we are silenced because the enemy is more versed in the lie than we are in the truth. It's time the church get in the word, learn the word, and begin to speak the word with all confidence and boldness. In Matthew 24, 11, it says that in the time of the Antichrist, a great deception would arise. But the scripture also says that none of this will come until first a falling away, a falling away of the scriptures, a a falling away of true faith in the true gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible warns about those who follow another gospel and those who worship another Jesus. There is always a counterfeit, a perversion, a, a twisted truth, a conversion of what is right to what is wanted, but not what is needed that men might be saved. In Revelations thirteen three, it says that all the world will wander after the beast, all that are in the world will follow the Antichrist. But the Bible says that we as followers of Christ are in the world, but not of the world. And those who have the spirit of truth will not be deceived by the error if they are humble enough to seek the Lord for that truth. Because the Bible says there is no temptation that God has not provided a way of escape. But we have to be humble enough to recognize that we need God's to find that way of escape, to show it to us that we're not wise enough to see it in our own strength and wisdom. But we have to humble ourselves before the hand of God, seek the face of God, lean not unto our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and then he shall direct our path. And yet I tell you that all these biblical warnings of these deceptions and deceits that the Antichrist will bring upon the earth and that the spirit of Antichrist brings upon the earth already is possible only because of the silence of the saints. Because the reason so few know the truth is because so few are speaking the truth. And the responsibility of that falls on us, every single believer. 
There are people who are called to different ministries, to pulpit ministries, to home ministries, to street ministries. But every person who claims the name of Christ is called to spread the gospel, to be a witness, to speak the truth. The enemy intimidates you into silence through fear. But the Bible says that our God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Therefore, fear is a spirit, but it is not a spirit from God. Yet the spirit that we are given from God, the Holy Spirit, is a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love, and it's a spirit that brings a sound mind. Therefore, those who operate through a spirit of fear operate through a spirit of Antichrist. The only fear that is godly fear is the fear of the Lord. Fear of anything else is actually a lack of faith or the evidence that we have not sought the Lord or that we do not have the heart of God because love, perfect love, will cast out fear, especially in the area of the silencing of the saints. If we will take the time to seek the Lord and cry out for his heart, that we might have his love for people, then that love for people will begin to cast out the fear that we have of speaking to those people. As we come to have a revelation of the destination, understanding that all will face judgment and hell if they are not given the whole truth, then our love for that person should drive away our fear of speaking to them and giving them that truth, even if they despise us for it. Jesus was despised and rejected. He was beaten, tortured, and slandered, yet he never wavered from speaking the truth because he loved the soul he was trying to deliver it to. True love will cause you to run towards fear. Self-love will cause you to run away from it. And many times we convince ourselves that we're not going to speak the truth to somebody because we don't want to offend them because we care about them. When in actuality, if we truly examine the motive, we're not speaking to them because we care about ourselves. It's not love for them that motivates that. It's actually love for self because it's not that we're so worried that it's going to offend them as much as we are worried that it's going to offend us when they reject the truth that we are offering. It's actually selfishness. It's self-love. It's self-concern. A true love for that person and that soul will come to them in humility and speak the truth. And if they reject it and hate you for it, then you walk away loving them and praying for them all the more. But knowing that your hands are clear of their blood. And the Bible actually says that if we see a man in his sin and do not warn that man and that man dies in his sin, then we will stand before God guilty of the blood of that man, having his blood on our hands because we did not give him the way of escape. However, if we do speak the truth to that man and he refuse it and die in his sin, then we will be free of that blood. There will be no guilt on us. This is why Paul said at the end of his life, I stand before you clean of all man's blood because that I have told you the truth. The Bible talks about the sword of the spirit and it says it is the word of God, but it is specifically the spoken word of God. And it is this sword that eventually defeats 
that old foe. It cuts down Leviathan. It destroys the Antichrist spirit in the end because the truth will always triumph over the lie. As long as it's sent out, it will not return void. The Bible says that it is the foolishness of preaching that God has chosen to save the lost. But the Bible says, but how will they be saved unless they hear? And how will they hear unless a preacher be sent? You have to be willing to go and to speak. God himself said that I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh and my sons and my daughters shall prophesy. How can you prophesy if you're not willing to open your mouth and speak and let the rhema come out? How can the sick be healed if you will not pray for them? The Bible says that if there be any sick among you, let them come to the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith and they shall recover. Even when the dead were raised, someone had to speak those words forth, rise up and walk. Everything that is done in the physical from the spiritual comes by way of spoken word because that is how God gets its glory and it's how spirit transitions from the spiritual to the physical. We understand that we have physical bodies and we understand that God is a spirit. But what is the thing that bridges between? You see, voice is spirit and I can prove it. You can still talk though you do not use your physical frame to do it. If you close your mouth and use no part of your mechanical physical body, you can still say to yourself in your head, I am a child of God. In complete silence, try it right now. Making no physical move or sound, say those words inside your head. You still heard that, right? You still know what was said. It wasn't physical. Voice is spirit. You see, the word for Holy Spirit in scripture is ruach. The ruach was the breath that God gave us from the beginning. It's the same word that's used for the wind moving through the trees or for the breath that comes out of our mouths. All of this is the same word for Holy Spirit. And it's the very thing that gives us a voice. The breath, the voice, is the thing that transitions between what is spirit and what is physical. Therefore, when the Holy Spirit is allowed to come through our voice and give those commands under the leading of the Spirit, not under our own leading or under the pushing of the flesh, but by the leading of the Spirit, when that word comes out in the name of Jesus, be healed, that person can be healed because the power of the kingdom will back up the words of the kingdom. That's why the Bible says that the power of life and death resideth in the tongue. Jesus said, if you will speak to the mountain, it shall be cast out. Have you ever seen a devil cast out without speaking to it? There is great power in the spoken word when it is backed up by the Holy Spirit. And this is why it's such a threat to the enemy, which is also why he stops at nothing to silence the saint. If he can get you to not speak, what the Holy Spirit is telling you to speak, he has disarmed you. When he closes your mouth, he has literally closed a gate to heaven. If you are a blood-bought, born-again child of the living God filled with the Holy Spirit, when the devil closes your mouth, he has literally closed a gate to heaven. Open it back up. The Bible says that God gave the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, yet every function of that fivefold requires you to speak, whether it be the apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, 
or the teacher. It all requires you to speak. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, it says, I charge thee therefore before God that the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Paul was telling Timothy, speak the truth at all costs. Endure the affliction endure persecution, endure rejection, endure whatever you have to endure, but be willing to preach the truth, to rebuke when it ne- when you need to, to reprove when you need to, to exhort when you need to. Open your mouth and let the word of God come out unhindered, uncompromised. If you will stand for God, he will stand for you. If you will speak what he tells you to, he will endorse it. He will enforce it. He will prove his words. His words will not return void. Ours might, but his never will. Jesus commanded us to love our brother as he has loved us. And Jesus loved us enough to tell us the truth. If you will read through the Gospels and read the red-lettered words of Jesus Christ, he didn't hold back. He spoke the truth, and it wasn't because he was prideful or arrogant or hateful. It was because he loved us enough to want to save our soul, and he knows that only the truth will set us free. He was willing to endure all persecution and slander and hatred and jealousy and envy to bring us that truth. And he said that if he was willing to do it for us, we ought to be willing to do it for others. We have to speak, church. We have to be a witness in the streets, in the schools, on the job site, in the grocery store. We have to be willing to speak the truth to our own families. We have to be willing to speak the truth in our churches. It's got to be more about souls than numbers and popularity and finances and prestige. We got to get our priorities straight. And people, we've got to stop being so easily offended. And start seeking after the truth and looking for those who are willing to love us enough to help us go farther. If this life truly is a job interview for the one to come, then I want to be surrounded by people that are going to help me make the best resume. People that are going to push me. People that are going to help me. People that are going to encourage me. People that are going to tell me the truth because faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The word of God coming out of our mouth, speaking the truth, identifying sin for what it is, and teaching others the true gospel, the true doctrine, the true love, and the true message of Jesus Christ is our commission. Jesus said to go into all the world teaching this gospel his gospel, not just any good news, not what you feel and what you want, not what you heard somebody say, but his gospel, 
his teachings and baptizing all that would believe it in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he would be with us always, even unto the end of the world. But only if we're making disciples, only if we're teaching them his gospel, we have to be willing to go out and teach people about him, to tell them what he taught, to identify sin and encourage them to lay it down, to repent or else they will perish, to pick up their cross and follow after him, to trade their will for his will, to give them his doctrine and to let them know that he is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. There is hope. There is good news. They are liberated. They are given all power and authority to walk in the mandates that he's given us. God has raised us up and seated us into heavenly places and given us all the authority and power of the kingdom. But we have to read what he said and believe what he said and be what he said because he died to give us the power to do so. Jesus said, only those who overcome will be seated with me in heaven. And then he identifies how that we overcome by the blood of the lamb, what he did, by the word of our testimony, by what we were willing to speak. And because we were not so selfish that we would not speak it. This brings us back to that most convicting passage when he said, however, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father, which is in heaven on that fateful day. We do not want to stand before Christ and call him by name and say like the many, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and done many wonderful works? And he will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Do not deny your Christ. Be willing to open your mouth and speak the truth because we can prophesy smooth things. We can prophesy flatteries and deceits. We can prophesy all the things people want to hear. But if it was not what God said to say, if we denied his words, if when men asked us, is this a sin? And the scripture plainly points it out as such. And we deny Jesus, we deny his truth. We deny his words. Then he will deny us on that day. And he will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. We are saved by faith. But it's not faith in our vain imaginations. It's faith in what he said. It's faith in the truth. Do you want to have faith and the love to speak? Because if you have enough faith to speak to the mountain, it will be cast out of your way and out of the way of everyone that comes after you. It's time the children of the kingdom start to open their mouth so that the power of the kingdom can come out. God, we're praying for faith. We're praying for faith to speak. Lord, we're praying for wisdom to be led of your spirit and of your wisdom that the right words be spoken. Lord, we don't want to say anything in our flesh, in our pride, in our arrogance. We always want to speak from a heart of humility and a heart of love. God, give us your heart. Your word says that you would take away our heart of stone and that you would put your heart within us and you would put your spirit within us. God, that would give us a heart for the people that would cause us to be willing to use the spirit because God, we know that the word of God is a sword 
Lord. But if we don't have the heart of God, we're just going to cut people down with it. We can't properly use the sword unless we have your heart. God, we thank you that you so willingly offer your spirit. But let us be humbled first before you to recognize that we need your heart to be able to use it. So God, we ask that you take away our heart of stone and you give us a heart of flesh. You give us a new heart. You give us your heart that we would love you more than anything, that we would love the people more than anything. And God, we know that love is a choice or you would not have continually told us to love. It's a choice that has to be made. It's something that we have to do. So today we choose to lay down offense. We choose to lay down pride. We choose to lay down selfishness in faith and repent of it and know that you will then give us your heart, which will give us the grace to walk that thing out because we can only do it by your power, by your spirit. We need your heart for the people. Give us a revelation of the destination that we would understand where people are truly going if we don't open in our mouth, that we would have a boldness, Lord, cause us to sit with you daily and talk with you and get to know your heart and to feel your heart and to pray in the spirit and to be filled with that boldness that Paul talked about that comes when we pray for others in the spirit and that boldness that gives us the ability to say what we ought will come by the unction of the spirit, but that's only going to come when we have that intimate time with you, getting your heart. Lord, getting your heart for the people. Help us to know how to fall in love with you. People, I'm telling you right now how to do it. You've got to get in the prayer closet. You've got to get in that secret place and you've got to get to know your king. You've got to get to know his heart. And when you get his heart for the people, you will be motivated. When you get his heart for the people, then you'll know how to pray and what to say because you'll be driven by his spirit. Lord, give us a hunger for prayer again, for intimacy, because we can't pour out if we have not first been poured into. God, I pray against distractions that prevent us from getting in the prayer closet. I pray against from the busyness of the world, from the deceit and the manipulation and the bewitching that frightens and intimidates people to be silent because the devil is scared of your people opening their mouth. That's why he fights so hard against it, even to the point of legislating against it, even to the point of threatening people's very lives in many countries to try to close it. That should show us the power of it and make us open it all the more to recognize that the enemy focuses all of his resources on shutting our mouth. Therefore, we should focus all of our resources on keeping it open because it is the gate of heaven. It is that by which the spirit of God, the word of God, the rhema of God, the sword of the word of God comes forth into this world that your power can then back it up. It commands angel armies. It brings forth deliverance. It brings forth salvation through preaching. It brings forth healing through declaration. It brings forth the prophetic through proclamation. Your word says that you do nothing except that you reveal it to your servants, the prophets first. But if they do not reveal it to the people, they will walk blindly into judgment. Lord, the church is scared to open their mouth and they ought not be because the power of the kingdom comes through it when they do. If we will but speak to the mountain, it shall be cast out. And the devil knows that. That's why he shuts your mouth. 
I rebuke that spirit of fear and intimidation in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that off of the children that are in the schools that could be speaking forth your truth and changing a generation that could change a nation. I rebuke the lies of the culture that have bewitched the people into thinking that they cannot speak when the enemy has no power to stop it but through deceit and deception and manipulation. I break the bonds of control in the name of Jesus that God's people would shake them off right now, would shake off the chains right now, would shake off the weights that so easily beset them right now in the mighty name of Jesus, would begin to stand up and speak out that they would cry out and that they would cast out and that they would do the will of God and the work of the kingdom and start tearing down the kingdoms of hell and the altars of Baal. Let every light of Babylon be put out in the name of Jesus that keeps people complacent and asleep, that keeps the fire in the hearts of the people out by keeping them bound up and shut up. Lord, your people are meant to speak. Your people are meant to sing. Your people are meant to praise. Your people are meant to cast out devils. Your people are meant to heal the sick. Your people are meant to raise the dead. Your people are meant to preach the truth. Your people are meant to evangelize the lost. Your people are meant to teach the young. Your people are meant to open their mouth and speak. How can we make disciples of all nations if we're too afraid to talk to the person next door or even those of our own household. It's time we seek the Lord and ask him, who do you want me to talk to today? And what exactly is it that you want me to say? Because I'm willing, Lord. I'm here. Send me. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.